0: Let's start the show.
1: For Thursday, January 19th, 2017, welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. Hello, and welcome to This Is Only A Test. Sans Norman Chan, who is in Disney World right now, inevitably in a Fast Pass line. That's all I know about Disney World. Do you right think there.
2: he got the celebrity pass so that like, he goes to the front of every line? Oh, oh with the, the escort?
1: Es- there's a celebrity pass?
2: Yeah, if you're a celebrity, they have a uh,
0: a special escort that kind of guides you around the park and gets you ahead of the line. It's and like that.
2: by necessity, because Disney doesn't want celebrities in line. They don't want people who are recognizable attracting too many people over to cause more crowd. I think his
1: name indicates that Norm is a normie, so I don't think he's <laughs> going to get that treatment. <laughs> welcome in this week. This week I'm joined by our regular co-host, Jeremy Williams. How are you doing, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. <laughs> sir. Very formal this week, sir. And joined in again, second time on the podcast, though it's been more than a year. Welcome back, Steve Lynn. Thank you very much, sir. Yes, sir.
0: is it only the second time it is only the second time all right
1: i did my research for this podcast wow you watched
2: every previous podcast yeah
1: i had to go through (laughs) all 383 episodes to figure out steve has only
2: been on once he's been referenced more than one time though uh norm had nothing to do with the audio video this week so anything that's wrong is on jeremy completely all right fine i'll take the i'll take the heat (laughs) Well, we should get to know Steve a little bit,
1: because Steve's been a friend of Tested uh, before Tested was tested, right? Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, down Whiskey Media days.
1: Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, and then we're going to do some questions to get you to know you better. Sure. Uh, my background
0: is, uh, let's see, grew up in Ohio moved out to the Bay Area during the dot-com boom, the first one, uh, and primarily been in technology, done a lot of games. Uh I was at Google and YouTube. Um, and and uh, now I'm running uh, with Frank Cifaldi the Video Game History Foundation. Video Game History Foundation. What is what is that? Video Game History Foundation is a uh, non-profit. We're an actual 501c3 uh, dedicated to preserving games and the culture that it spawned. So we're doing things like preserving artifacts, getting oral histories, um, and getting those into museums. So we don't want to run a museum ourselves. Uh, we're more of kind of a facilitator uh, and making sure that when something comes up, you know, either for auction or you know, someone wants to donate, we make sure it goes into the right place. So we have mm-hmm. partnerships with people like the Museum of Play, Library of Congress, Smithsonian—small like places. Yeah, yeah, real small you know. museums. <laughs> right. It's like the Pez Museum in Berlin, game. It's you know. I kind
1: of a... just heard about that—that <laughs> that there's a Pez Museum like twenty minutes from my house. Yes. I, yeah.
2: I literally just heard about that. I didn't even know about. Is that. it. Is yes. it not excellent?
1: Uh, you know, it's small, but it's really cool. It's it, like.
0: Pez collecting is such a weird rabbit hole because of all the prototypes and everything that came out. So
2: uh, it's definitely a, a worth a visit. Uh, so as far as the video game stuff you're interested yes. in, is there a particular era that you focus on? Well, right now we're it, there. There sort of is
0: no, um, there's no end to what we could focus on, but sure. we're we're looking at uh, early '80s uh, to kind of mid '90s, primarily because most of the people who worked on that stuff are still alive. So uh, we're trying to interview a lot of those people, collect things before they disappear completely, uh, and then we can move on to what's happening um, you know, now or 10
2: years from uh, ago. And is it mostly hardware that you're interested in collecting or also software?
0: Uh, both. Uh, really, our focus right now is paper. Uh, a lot of the documentation, um, huh. you know, design documents, and you know,
2: code. Also oh, oh, stuff that never was public. It, was, it wouldn't be nostalgia for people. This would be like deep dive stuff for people interested in the actual...
0: Right, yeah. So most of the stuff that was released to the public uh, we have in various collections because so many people are into video game collecting. This is kind of going that one level deeper to um, what did it look like inside a company when they were trying to develop uh, the games, like schedules and and kind of why games changed. I think what's taken out of a game is just as interesting as what made it to production.
2: That's wicked. I just watched a video about... Some lost Harry Williams playfields. Harry Williams is is famously like the guy who started Williams Pinball, right. And designed a lot of pinball machines in the in the mid 20th century, and uh, and so he's a hero to a lot of people. And they just found a lot of his unmade playfield designs, just thrown away in a locker somewhere. Yeah, that
0: happens a lot for us. It's when a company is shutting down, uh, and they you look inside at a supply closet. Like, wait a minute, what are these? And it's early prototypes of a game where it's totally different. Um, and like, why did that happen? And trying to dig through uh, that archive.
1: All right, game companies. Steve is coming for your supply closet. Yes, we are. <laughs> well, <laughs> steal from work, as Jason Scott says. I have five questions for Steve for okay. everyone to get to know you a little better. All right. Ready? I'm ready. All right. 8-bit or 64-bit? 8-bit. You just got back from a big trip to Japan. I did. Ramen or sushi? Ramen. Oh, interesting. Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi? Diet Coke. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Correct. Your pinball game of choice. Twilight Zone. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then finally, who is your favorite tested team member? <laughs> oh <laughs> former tested uh Will Smith.
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's incorrect. No, that's I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm
1: sorry, the correct answer to that question is always Joey Famelli. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Joey is everyone's favorite. Ripley. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ripley would yeah. also yeah. be yeah, R- accepted. Ripley works, yes. Like I alluded to, you just got back from an epic Japanese adventure. Uh how long were you over there for? Uh I was there for 6 weeks. So, uh beginning of December to last week. And this isn't your first time to Japan?
0: No, no. I worked for a company uh, that was based out of Tokyo. So I used to have to go to Tokyo once a month. Uh, I was pretty familiar with the city. And um, given all the crazy things that had happened uh, here, I decided to just take some time away <laughs> from the United States for a while and, and explore. Like Dave Chappelle? Yeah, 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 uh, you, where he just kind of disappeared. Um, so I I decided to visit parts of Japan that I have never been before. Uh, and look for things like out-of-the-way game stores and um, historical sites and things
1: like that. Where were some of your favorite finds?
0: Uh, some of my favorite finds were uh, finding obsessive uh, game collector folks in um, in Japan. Uh, I found an arcade where he was collecting old Atari Vector games uh, from the United States. This would have strictly Japan.
2: been arcade boards. Like no,
0: a- no, this is the full upright. Like This guy went real deep. He had a dedicated Major Havoc. He had a Quantum um, and you know, Black Widow. And so th- these are all pretty wow. rare. Like, he had a full sit-down Star Wars cockpit. And he lives in Japan, which just it sounds absurd. Um, so finding people like that, they there were people who were collecting arcade boards and, and schematics and uh, really going in to a level that you really don't see that often in the United States. And it was great to... To speak with them about what they're doing, even though there's a bit of a language barrier, um,
1: our our nerdiness kind of powered through all of that. Cool. Didn't you go to some sort of game competition, too? I I follow you on Instagram, and there Mm -hmm. was some photo in this, like, stadium
0: Oh, it was like
1: (laughs) thousands of people.
0: So the stadium was New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 11, which is basically the... uh, the This sounds like a
1: terrible knockoff. Oh,
0: these are all like... It was so much better than than anything the WWE is doing now. This is basically the WrestleMania of Japan. Um, And it's held every January 4th. And this year was unbelievable. Because I had never been in a Japanese wrestling crowd before. And so...
1: I there's, think that goes for the majority of people.
0: Yeah, for, there's a lot of people. That, but what was great was just seeing uh, you know, some cultural norms uh, being you know, just enforced. Like there'd be a, a great move or a spot and be like, oh, like, you yeah. know, it's like a clapping, like, a, like an appreciative. During a wrestling During the wrestling match. And then, then there were people who started to get either drunk or um, really excited and started just like screaming like a regular wrestling crowd, which you don't see people act that way in Japan. Uh, very often. How so was the actual wrestling? It was un, it was amazing. Like just it, the the athleticism and, and everything else on display. I, I, I realize this is like now wrestling cast, but it was. Um, if you haven't seen wrestling in a long time and you want to see really good matches, the the matches at Wrestle Kingdom 11, especially the the finale, um, Okada versus uh, Kenny Omega, was probably Any the omega it's yeah. a good so he's <laughs> <wrestling. laughs> so he's he's the the guy from well it's Canada but it's like from the west right challenging uh, Okada in the east and so for for control over the future of of wrestling in Japan uh but that match I is, like how the
1: invaders from Canada <laughs> No, that's
2: hilarious. So I'm getting I'm getting the sense there is still an element of contrived theater to all of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there there is definitely theater. Jeremy, oh. Jeremy. wrestling is
0: fake. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. I just want to Jeremy, I don't wrestling want to offend anybody. It's real to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, that that last match was probably the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen in my life.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Any other tidbits from Japan? Uh, the mass transit system is so much better than. Um, anywhere in the United States and, I would argue, parts of Europe, Uh, although I did have the experience of the um, shoving people into the train car, uh, both during rush hour, but then I actually had that experience on a bullet train um, because I happened to be traveling during a holiday period, so a lot of people go home for the holidays, and if you don't have a reserved seat, it's basically how many people can they shove into a bullet train car, So I saw the line, and and I lined up right at the beginning. But train poles the station. there's already a ton of people in there. So we get shoved into a bullet train that we're going to be on for three hours um, to Hiroshima. And it's to the point where I'm standing in there against uh, everybody else, and my phone's ringing or buzzing. I don't have the room to reach into my pocket to pick it up to look at it. So people were just falling asleep on each other and what? Yeah, standing, standing up? up because they don't even need to stand. They just like the the sheer number of people that were all packed in there uh, just held you up. So the the woman next to me just kind of like her head hit my shoulder and look over and she's totally asleep. Um, so yeah, and you did that for three hours. Well, it was about two because once we got to <laughs> one of the bigger cities, they uh, like a lot of people got off and then we were able to actually. I was actually able to to move my arms.
1: Oh, is that yeah. better? Uh,
0: you know, maybe not.
1: You uh, know, once you get to that critical mass point, I just you just might as well just go for it. when yeah. you can't move at all. Yeah, I, I
0: I was just wondering like if something like that happened in the United States, it would be so uncomfortable. But uh, everybody on the train was like, "Yep, this is what we expected, and we're just going to hang out here together."
1: Huh. Yeah,
0: and everything's on time. So uh, they they if you were if any of the trains were late, like even by like two minutes. They had these uh, slips that you could get so you could bring it to your employer to say, I'm late because the train was two minutes late.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's much better than what we're experiencing here in San Francisco, (laughs) where our Muni system uh, has a predictive um, company they've worked with called NextBus that tells you when the next train is arriving. And they built that uh, 10 years ago using 2G architecture. And then... AT and T announced for a long time ago, like years ago, that on January first, twenty seventeen, they'd be shutting down two G. Oh, great! And uh, our Muni system, our our public transit system, ignored it. And then they shut down the two G, and none of the predictive things work. I didn't anymore. even realize so, that. Wow! So now they have to go through and like fix it, but basically they just ignored it. Yeah. So hooray, hooray, great. U.S. mass transit. Yes, Jeremy, how are you doing?
2: I just I want to point out, uh, Steve has an excellent Twitter feed where you can follow a lot of the pictures of his trip, if you want to look into that. What is, your, your, what is your Twitter, Twitter uh, It's Stephen P.
0: Lynn. Yeah, yeah, I posted a bunch uh, of, of the things from my trip on there, so good. we'll, yeah, put, good we'll put a couple
1: up on the show notes. Good. Maybe the wrestling match.
0: Yeah, yeah, the wrestling match, the you know, smart ball, which was kind
2: of like this uh, antique pachinko was so much fun.
1: That 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 was great. Awesome.
0: Jeremy, how are you doing?
2: I'm alright. I can't wait to talk about Switch. It's so deep in the show notes, though. <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 uh, what is this Sketchfest note you want to talk about? I,
1: I was just going to uh, make a note uh, on Still entitled this week. Janet Varney, who's the founder of SF Sketchfest, which is a comedy festival here in town, and Adam was in a couple shows, and I went to a couple shows. Do you, have you, either of you gone to any Sketchfest shows?
2: I, I saw the um, Riff Tracks presentations past two years, but they didn't do anything this year. Uh, so that's the only thing I ever saw. Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen as well. Oh, I, wow. I went to
1: judge John Hodgman where John Hodgman adjudicates petty cases in front of a crowd. And there's like 2000 people there almost. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was one of the most enjoyable experiences i ever had. I love that podcast. And, uh, I just want to, uh, give a shout out if, to check out still entitled and hear the history of that festival. Uh, as Janet relates it, she's incredible. She's a voice of Cora, uh, for those that are inclined to that show. And she's also on you're the worst. And, uh, a number of other uh, TV shows, like Stand Against Evil. I love that festival. And Adam did a, a few kind of funny, bizarre things uh, over the course of the festival. So if you live in the area, check it out. Let's roll into some pop culture. Now. Is this still
2: rolling? I mean, is
1: this is a sketch festival Yeah, yeah. it goes on for another like two weeks
2: or so. Oh, sweet. Cool. And now, let's switch to the pop culture segment.
1: <laughs> Not a ton of pop culture news this week, but I am going to go out there and limb and say, friend of tested Andy Weir, author of The Martian, uh, turned into a feature film. He's working on a new project right now with Ridley Scott, a new feature film. But he also got a pilot greenlit at CBS. A drama about NASA pilots or NASA astronauts like going through training oh that sounds great like a weekly show sign me up oh yeah is this like right stuff era or now I think it's more current okay it, it's not entirely clear from the from the description mm-hmm. uh, it didn't indicate that it was like a period piece so I'm guessing it's more modern I actually so I'm excited about it because I love Andy's writing though I have to say like what is the drama week to week going through like astronaut training
2: Oh, like, I hope you don't want it to fall into love interest stuff and yeah. unrequited oh. sexual... right? Or,
1: like, some sort of procedural where they have to, like, solve this issue every week. Yeah. Right. I don't know what that is.
2: So, I'm I, curious I'm, what I'm the... thinking it's more Top Gun. Like, there's just... There's a lot of training exercises and they're competing with one another. And, I don't know. You think it's going to be more... Officey documentary style. Well,
1: listen to the description. Uh, mission Control is the name of the show. revolves around the next generation of NASA astronauts and scientists who juggle their personal and professional lives during a critical mission with no margin for error. <laughs> so, I'm guessing there's probably going to be some people in space right. and some people on Earth. Yeah, right. It Maybe it's kind of like a Studio 60 type of show, you know, or like West Wing. Oh, you think it'll be Sorkin-esque? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, know if I could handle that. Yeah, I, I, that's I, a lot. taxing. Yes,
0: it'd be it'd be difficult. But I, I'm just trying to think of. That's cool. Know, people running around, walking, talking in hallways.
2: Dude wrote one book. Look at him now.
1: Yeah, He's like one and a half. What do you mean? <laughs> he he wrote like a a number of short stories. Too, oh, okay. Uh, right. Before that book came out, yeah, not so bad. This is what happens when you like show your work inside your book. I guess yeah. And you. Detail the math out. People love it. Uh, And I've been hooked on one show, which is probably the weirdest show. (laughs) Usually I'm not a fan of Netflix recommendations because my Netflix is all crowded with, like, kid shows because I accidentally, under my profile, (laughs) let my son watch (laughs) stuff.
2: You know you can have kid profiles.
1: I know, but I made the mistake once, and now, like, it's only cartoons. And I only watch cartoons, like, 20% of the time, so (laughs) it's not not perfect. But I stumbled on this show called The Detectoress. It's about a group of metal detectors in the UK. Is it a cartoon? No, it's oh, not a cartoon. <laughs> it's a, well, it's a fiction, you know, sitcom kind of thing. Okay. And it stars, uh, and it was written and directed and stars Mackenzie Crook, who played Gareth in the original UK office. He was like the Dwight Schrute character. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it has uh, Toby Smith as his, as his friend. And it's this really quiet, uh, sullen, like almost dark comedy um, about about their lives as metal detectors. These and, are the guys you see on beaches, kind of. Yeah, kind of yeah. They, they self, like right? carry, they have headphones and they have like nice little detectors and they're swinging and searching for stuff. What's the deal? You like this show? Are you recommend? it? I love it. I Something love like it. It won a BAFTA, which is the, you know, <laughs> British, you know, Emmys, yeah. right? It won for the, for the best sitcom last wow. year. It's excellent and it's the kind of show that you can't see in the U.S. Like, it would never be made because it is sort of quiet and prods along and... There's not entirely a ton of drama. There is a little bit of drama, uh, but I like it. You got to just know these two guys that like walked out into the woods every day and like looking for, um, for for gold and different precious metals. I really loved it. I think it'll be a divisive thing. It's not for everyone, uh. But I binged, you know, thirteen episodes of a show on metal detecting,
2: and, wow. and I don't feel bad Jeez. about myself. That's quite a lot. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. I see. um, did you guys see the news that or the leaked? footage from star wars episode seven of chewy ripping dude's arms off i didn't watch that because as soon as i
1: heard that it's like leaked extra footage extra footage after extra footage in episode four and five i'm like i don't need any star wars extra footage really in my life oh,
2: we Have, di- we differ there my friend really oh. you, like that whole Jabba scene ruined it that where he steps on uh, his tail oh no i don't need it. at. I, I don't want it back in but I like seeing The Cutting Room Floor. Uh, I, I think that that enhances my appreciation for the, for the choices they made in right. the film that came out. Yeah. I, I did not see So did, you, did, really did you end up seeing Episode 7? I did end up seeing—oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, you, no. you didn't see Episode 7? So the last time I was on, we were talking about how I had lined up for a month for Episode 1 and 2 in front of the Coronet, but I had not yet seen Episode 7. So I did end up seeing The Force Awakens. Um,
1: in, the, in the year
0: since, you I managed to see, see that movie. I did manage to see it. Like on At Home? Uh, no, I saw it in the theater. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Um, it was fine, I, I think is kind of the best <laughs> way to, to put it. I, it yeah, yeah I, I don't remember a lot of it, but I did see Rogue One on opening weekend in Japan um, in the northernmost movie theater of Japan. Um, they, they proudly state this at their front door? Uh, it, it, in that city, everything's the northernmost whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of like their their thing. Um, What's the city if people want to? C- uh, it's c- Wakane. Uh, and it's there. Actually, is sort of a northernmost point that you can stand on. Uh, but they have a movie theater at the train station, and there's not much to do there. Uh, it just happened to be Rogue One's opening weekend, so I watched it. And it comes on, and it's in 3D. The sound is amazing, and it's in Japanese. Dub. So- yeah, dubbed. So my Japanese is not very good, but I was able to figure out what was happening. Uh, oh, that's like,
2: it. There's no, there's like, you get no subtitles. No, I get no subtitles. It's, Japanese.
1: it's, it's <laughs> Everything's in
2: Japanese. <laughs> Do you
0: have
1: any questions that you'd like to ask oh, well, No,
0: I saw it again in English uh, <laughs> uh, later on in the trip. But yeah, th- there was a couple things where I'm like... Think this is what's happening? That's um, yeah, but it, I actually I realized uh, because once I saw it in English, I kind of filled in a little bit of the holes. But emotionally, uh, I was still crying at, uh, in Rogue One um, at near the end, so uh, I. I don't know if it was the music or the, the delivery or, or, I mean, just what I had observed, but it was, it was fantastic. That's a pretty
1: positive review. Yeah. I cried even though I didn't understand a word of the dialogue. <laughs> well,
0: I understood some of the
1: dialogue, enough to, to get what was going on. So. Was it still called Rogue One or did it translate to something weird?
0: No, it's still called Rogue One. Uh, and that was the funny thing because they would say things like, like Planet Killer and things like that were in English. Um, sure. And so it was...
2: Uh, you didn't even have an opening crawl. To like
0: set you up? No, no, that was not, yeah. It was just like, whoa, okay, we're just jumping right into the movie here. Thanks, Gary. No opening crawl for Steve. <laughs> no, it was it was fantastic. So yes, I uh, now I, I'm kind of after Rogue One. I, I'm back into it, so I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be yeah. opening weekend. Me again. too, man. That's yeah.
2: exactly how I felt about both the last two movies. Yeah, I saw Rogue One many times now because it was on this Disney cruise I went on. Talked oh, all about. I it heard about week. that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Should we roll into tech news? Sure, let's switch to tech news. news. Is there a, some sort of new game system? <laughs> <laughs> that was. A, we have to talk about that first. That is the weirdest analog affect I've seen in a presentation in a long time
2: so uh, i mean i think we should explain right there was a switch event everyone knew that the nintendo switch was the next big console but they had the big reveal uh in the past week where they talked about you know price and release date and the games that are coming out but the presentation was definitely different it was set it was in japan and so it was at it broadcast here around 8 p.m yeah
0: 8 p.m pacific
2: and uh and it was it was odd. I mean there were people up on stage and then they would introduce the next speaker, throw their throw their fingers in the air and <laughs> stuff, and the lights would cut. Like it wouldn't be a fade, it wouldn't be like a digital crossfade. That somebody would literally turn the lights out and then they'd bring them back up on the new guy. It was a pretty funny presentation. Filled and it was all in Japanese. I actually kind of liked it. I like that part just because I think I'm so cynical about tech
1: presentations and reveals anyways that it was refreshing to be like, what is happening? Why, why is there a, a, a person constantly snapping his fingers? Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy who came up with that in the boardroom. It's like, what if there were transitions?
0: <laughs> because even in the, the reveal video, they, they made a big deal about the sound effect of the Joy Cons kind
2: of sliding into yep. the
0: Switch. And so they just sort of doubled down on that for the presentation.
2: Yeah, I guess that's supposed to be the sound. And and do we know they were called Joy Cons before this event? Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. That they, they was released in like a, a press release uh, when they did the reveal video.
2: They wanted which... they wanted to squash any possibility of a Wiimote mote uh, resurgence. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Right? You have to.
0: Well, that would... and that's the weird
2: thing because the games they showed
0: off, One Two Switch, looks like they're kind of leaning into that Wii. Well, like bowling. Thing, let's right. get into it. Let's, Let, into let's it. start
1: about some some basics. What do you think of the announcement overall, in, in terms of what we learned, what we saw? I'm all in. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm did you super pre-order excited.
2: it? Yeah, of course I pre-ordered it. Steve, I, Nintendo oh, yeah, I console. Yeah. I mean, he's I did do, not. He's got to do it for work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, for me, it's
0: yeah. Nintendo. This is like that Star Wars thing it's like wookie shit in a box like you can put that on the shelves and people would buy it like <laughs> yeah. i'll do that for well nintendo. actually
2: our friend gary would have uh, said on twitter which i completely agree with like i will i will on principle support nintendo because they push it like they, they yeah. they're they constantly trying to do something mm-hmm. a little bit different even if sometimes a console generation of theirs feels like a gofundme campaign <laughs> I, I will still support nintendo correct
1: <laughs> uh, what did you think about the titles that we saw
0: uh so for me, I mean, Zelda looks fantastic. Uh, the, that trailer at the end was,
1: really got me into it. Uh, I did enjoy that it was, and one more thing, and Zelda shows up, right. which we knew was coming.
2: Well, it was the release date, I think, was the yeah. thing Yeah,
1: the yeah, big because
0: people said, like, oh, it's pushed back and things like that. Um, Zelda yeah. did look good. Yeah. Zelda, and w- what's odd is uh, they've said that the Wii U version, the only difference is probably going to be some menus and sound effects, which I thought was a strange... Hmm. Thing it's like well I guess what? I could
2: still play it so they're not doing anything with motion control. No, I don't think so. That's interesting because yeah. the, the the Zelda game that came out for the Wii had motion they, that was out for GameCube too. right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that that was where you had the the swing the sword. But yeah. they, they've I think it was uh, IGN put out some news where they asked them what are the differences That's and like well there's some menus and like it's 720p versus 900 or something and yeah there's some changes in the sound effects which like what but sure um so yeah it sounds like people who have a wii u will be able to play you know the new zelda so yeah. do you need to buy the same day one like i don't know how much do you want to virtually milk a cow right and stop
2: it come on have you don't <laughs> knock it till you try it dude. <laughs> i'm gonna knock it that's, that's i'm gonna, gonna knock, knock it it's, a lot yeah it's, it's three hundred dollars it's not just cow milking it's cooperative or competitive cow milking yes that's true
0: you can you can hold out your hand and guess how many balls are in your hand is that right? true with it well so that's a yeah
1: I'm, I'm in, man
0: that yeah, sounds great there are parts of San
1: Francisco <laughs> you can do that in real
0: life <laughs> I could do that at home I don't <laughs> so um but yeah there's uh the HD rumble I'm um, curious about that Yeah I am curious about that I I've heard it, it actually does feel
2: different than anything we've felt Yeah filmed.
0: well it feels like it well what was what I heard about at the demo was um people it, it was there was a virtual box on your hand and you had to tip it to see how many balls were in the box and people were getting it right. So um, there's enough fidelity where you can understand I've
2: been, you know, haptics are going to be a huge thing for VR. So any kind of advancement we see in the consumer space, awesome. Yeah. uh,
1: Going back to the titles though, I think one of the big criticisms, we didn't see many titles included
2: launch light up. Any concerns on that side? No, I mean, we're from, I remember the N64 having pilot wings in Mario 64. Yep. And I was down with that. Uh, so, I mean, it, one of the launch titles is a Zelda game. I only buy these consoles to play Zelda and Mario. Right. Everything that's, else is a bonus.
0: And quite frankly, that's kind of the problem for Nintendo, right? It's like people buy the Nintendo titles and they don't buy anything else. Um, I heard that Bomberman is really rough, so I, I, right. that sounds great, eight-player Bomberman. I, I'm Sign me right up, but um, I, if it's not doesn't play well, it's going to sell out. You know, in it, the first it's couple totally months anyway, sell. so it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's what happens, you know, in late summer when everybody's looking: what console do I buy for holiday? Oh, there's a new Mario game. Uh,
1: you know, Mario Odyssey. Hope they make holiday. What? Yeah. Yeah. If we didn't really learn anything new about the controllers uh, outside of the um, haptic stuff. Uh, there was the
0: that IR where it can detect. Oh, the IR yeah, thing. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, where you can detect like rock, paper, scissors, which for those of you that, that don't understand, in Japan, they use that for settling arguments. Or it's just used rock, like paper, Like Rochambeau. Sc- is- yeah, Rochambeau. It's used everything. A lot more than it is here it 's kind of a cultural norm, like, like in a
2: serious context
0: <laughs> it actually it it was used um to determine who which auction house was going to auction off this like high end art collection once it was like sotheby's and and someone else, and they couldn't decide, so they had them like Rochambeau for yeah. it for the rights to do that so y- you see it. Kinda everywhere, oddly enough. Wow. Um, and so that w- when that part showed up in the video, do people I, also milk cows everywhere in Japan? <laughs> is that a cultural thing? Right. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see any of that. I okay. did go
2: out to the outskirts. And yeah. Okay. So only one of the Joy Cons, the right one, has this ability. Right. Uh, it's, so that's a little strange. I, I was expecting them to be completely identical, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I mean I don't know what games they have in mind, but the this is a part. reason to order the neon version instead of the why.
1: Well, cuz the other the gray version, they're both gray. Yeah, but the, right. the 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 I know they yeah, look think, yeah, yeah, they look different, right? Like, but barely.
0: Barely. Yes. I and they're the same price, too. They're both $50 individually, which is a lot of money. Individually. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you get I mean, them together
2: could, for like 80?
0: Yeah. But Ugh. you know you're going to lose one, right? You and you're going to lose that handle strap thing. Uh there's there's all kinds of of parts that I, I especially if you have kids, I I'm just you're gonna be digging through your
2: couch, and you're gonna find a bunch of Joy Cons just like under the <laughs> under the, the cushion. I'm planning to have two Joy Cons, and that's it. I don't. I, it depends what kind of games come out. I mean, if we need four to play, if we can do four player split screen Mario Kart, yeah, if, is that what the deal is? Yeah, I'm sure that's. So be you know right. what what
1: bugged me is that when you're doing multiplayer in Mario Kart, you get split screen on each one. Why is that? Why can't it just be full screen? Like if you're playing around a table. Is that true?
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's what they showed in the demo. That is odd. I would think everyone would get their own full screen. Like a regular like online multiplayer match. Right, exactly. That's weird. Maybe
1: that was just what they showed in the the demo, but that's what it looked like to me. The
0: important thing was on the Mario Kart demo, we saw battle mode come back, right? Which was something that's been missed for a long time.
2: Yeah, Norm's excited about that.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm super excited about that.
1: At the end of the day, it's $300 for kind of a geeked-up tablet. Yeah, I mean, I'm buying it. Uh, I,
2: we are not on the same page here. <laughs> no, I mean, it,
1: like, honestly, they, I think that's the real criticism. Is like, this is a kind of powered-up tablet, and it's a lot of money for it. I, was surpri- I, I wasn't sh- shocked by the price, but $300 is a lot. I, I mean, I think it's a lot as well. I mean,
0: you look at Holiday, it's going to be $300. You can get a PS4 with a huge library for the same price, Um I it all depends on on how much some of these games resonate uh and they'll sell to the fan base which will kind of get them through the first year. Um it's just can you engage with other, you know, everybody else? Um because what we U was 14 million units sold total. Um they need to do better than that here and I I, I just don't I, I don't think so at that
2: price, but uh maybe with a price drop. Hmm. Do you oh, buy yeah. into the whole pitch that, that this is every Good part of every Nintendo console that's ever been made. It's got from the NES f- to the Wii U. It's got elements from everyone cherry picked.
0: Uh, I'm I'm not as convinced yet. I think the battery life is a concern for the portable aspect. They said like anywhere from two and a half to six hours, but they specifically said Zelda's a three-hour game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know, it, I was on a what two fourteen twelve to fourteen-hour flights and.
1: I would have to plug it in somewhere. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm excited about all the kickstand repair shops that are going to pop up over the next <laughs> few months uh, for it. But I'm being a little snarky, but I'm not gonna pre order it, but I understand the enthusiasm. But I think the enthusiasm is about the titles and not the hardware as much. Right. I mean, That's I, my
2: sort of read on it. I don't know, dude. I mean one two switch is a game that I actually pre ordered too, mainly because it looks like the demo app that'll show off everything right. that it can do.
0: I yeah, I, I was maybe a little overly negative. I want to play this thing. I want to play these games. Um, I'm just looking at it from more of a um, you know, Nintendo's future aspect. That concerns me. As a Nintendo fan, yeah, of course. Uh, I can't wait. But if I want to see what their long-term chances of uh, making this a hit, that, that I'm more concerned about. Hmm.
2: Uh, well, the Wii was a big hit, right? Yeah. Um, but mainly for Wii Sports. Uh,
0: and also mainly for Nintendo, uh, that's an important thing. Like, we sold through like crazy, but the attach rate, which is the number of games other people bought, um, they really just bought whatever Nintendo put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's no third party support. And that's one of the things you walk into the store, yeah, this is a Nintendo console. You play Nintendo games. Well, third parties are are they going to be able? Are they going to want to invest in, in a system when they don't think people are going to buy the game?
2: There, there has to be if a third party is going to make it, they're not going to be able to port it anywhere else. Like that's, right, that's one of the disincentives yep. to making a Nintendo game. Yep. is you are making it for that console and that that console only.
1: Yeah,
0: and given where budgets are for for games, that that's a really tough sell for anybody.
1: Well, I am excited for this console to come out purely because I never bought a Wii U, and this will be a good time to buy a Wii U right when this thing comes out because there'll probably be a price drop of some sort.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you can. <laughs> I I got one for you. Oh, see, there we go. <laughs> done and done. Um, <clears throat> before we move on, we actually have a correction to make. Uh, this probably should have gone at the top. Oh okay. But what did I do? Uh, you didn't do anything, Norm. Uh, we talked about the Glowforge last week. You'll recall. Oh yes, and because we were comparing it to the new one out of um, the Muse. The Muse. Thank you. Yeah. Um, out of Vegas and. Um, we I, we got a, few, a couple things incorrect about the Glowforge, uh, and so they reached out to us. They wanted to correct us about a couple things. Um, it's water cooled. It is water cooled. Oh, uh, you can and they say it's you can, internal. You can see oh, the reservoir okay. on the interior front left. It's uh, it's not water though, but they use an advanced coolant that is more efficient at cooling. So there you go. Also, uh, expected tube lifetime is eight thousand hours, oh. and, it, and it does That's a long time it, yeah. on the Glowforge, and it does have separate airflow for air assist. Uh, which which is which purges the air off of the laser beam. Is machine. this the
0: first time they've said how many hours that laser is supposed to last?
2: This is all public information. He said,
1: "Oh, yeah, I think it's buried on their website. It's just not easy to oh find. somewhere
0: in the
2: forum or something."
0: Okay,
1: all right, all right. Well, yesterday was the day that Norm and you had a ride along. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. So
2: that actually might be out today. Oh really? In terms of the podcast. So no,
1: yesterday, no. Norm. Uh, Took a ride in Jeremy's new Chevy Bolt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, electric uh, to car. To test it out. Now you've, you've had it just under a couple weeks, right? Uh, now. Just over two weeks. Yeah. How was your ride
2: along? It was great. Um, you know, we, it's it's a fun car to drive. Electric cars are fun car to, cars to drive. And this just has that added range so that it gets rid of the range anxiety. Um, the takeaway is, uh, you know, if you have. if you. I didn't want an electric car to drive across the country and, and plan my exotic road trips, planning where I'm going to stop. That doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> um, I wanted an electric car in order to drive around the Bay Area. I just wanted one that I could actually get to Santa Cruz and back on a one charge. I, if I can never charge away from the home, I'm happy. So that's what this kind of range gets you. And that, so that's why, th- that's why I wanted this car. Um, that's why I waited for something with this kind of range. Have other, you charged, other than that, the, the car feels really good. It's, have you it's charged peppy. away
1: from home yet?
2: No. Oh. No, and I and I'd really, I'd be happy if I don't have to. And like I said, like I say in the video, I am excited about having an electric car because now everything that I have charges at home. I don't have to refuel at a gas station or somewhere else. I like that it, every time I get in the car in the morning, it's just full. Mm. I love that. Any, any
1: problems you've had with it so far?
2: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's some nitpicky issues Bluetooth, audio, ducks uh, between tracks, oh. uh, which, you know, it doesn't overcar play, though. Um, there's, there's 20 buttons on the steering wheel, which I think is absurd. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> is it like an F1? <laughs> you've got like that red button and all the You can't,
2: sh- no, you can't, there is like a, uh, engage. Oh, the pat- re- regen braking paddle. Okay. But no, yeah, it's just 20 nuts. 20 buttons? 20 buttons. Plus, do you, plus a horn. Do you get the, a feel for it? You know,
1: after you've been riding for 20, or for a couple of weeks?
2: I guess you, that's yeah. the logic behind it. I just think it's silly.
1: That is excessive.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, especially, yeah, whatever. Um, there's. It's it's actually, it's a great car. It's really solid. It's got a heated steering wheel. with <laughs> which, Oh what? A yeah, oh, what now? Yeah, it's <laughs> absurd, right? But it, that's that's a wonderful thing. This month in San Francisco. After this month, no big deal. You can never touch a cold steering wheel ever uh, again. No, one.
0: <laughs> it's like you, the heated toilet seats in Japan. You just can't get yeah. it.
1: That, like that is different. Yes. That is a necessity after you've had it. I've had one on
2: like my that's Amazon so wish list forever. <laughs> the heated toilet that's seat. That's just what Norm said. Oh, Heated toilet seat changes. Uh, your to- totally fun to drive. It's super peppy. Uh, you know, you press the gas pedal like any electric car. You get car, that torque. You like get it. that boom right yeah. right off the line, and it doesn't stop. Like it never shifts gears. Like you just and it's a ton of fun. I mean, you've driven golf carts before. It's it's like that, but a lot faster. Did
1: you have any learning curve, like or, or just adjustment going to the fully electric car? Just because it's so quiet, it's like it has that. That incredible acceleration—it it
2: just drives a little differently. It's just fun. Like that aspect is totally fun. There's a danger aspect when I'm pulling out of my garage because nobody hears me coming. Yeah. it's oh. like a, it's a ninja. You know, there's that episode of the of the Office where was it Dwight or somebody was creeping up on Michael Scott or somebody in the in the parking lot in a Prius, but it, they were below five miles an hour, so it was on electric power. <laughs> like, and like, it's, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. So when I'm pulling out of my garage, no one hears me coming. I wow. wish that it made a sound when you're doing that. Actually, like when you're coming. I guess you have a horn. I, I that's annoying though. It's like one a, of the twenty buttons on the steering. Wheel. Every time I leave my garage, I have to honk my horn. It's kind of annoying. Oh wow! You can
1: probably get one of those like beep beep backing up, kind of. Sounds. That's what it should do. Yeah, I should. Impug- that is pretty annoying too. Yeah. Though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: So how uh, for people who do want to buy a a bolt, is it easy to buy right now, or is it I was just going, going out to pre orders? Well,
2: yeah, I was told it was a three month wait. Okay, in San Francisco. Okay and daily city um so not they're they're making them now they're trying to make 30,000 this year All right. yeah I was yeah, just kind of to, too bad yeah i mean it's one of those oh this car's great but you can't buy
0: it right um that's always the problem
2: but, yeah right. it's it's a ton of fun i mean it's not sexy and it's not even aerodynamic uh it's not like the guy who designed it said it's a disaster for aerodynamics but it's very spacious <laughs> best <laughs> review ever from the designer <laughs> This design has problems. Well, At got, least it's not an Aztec. Is you know, because <laughs> I'm sure when they got the project, when they got the electric car project, they're like, okay, it's got to be super aerodynamic. Everything's got to, you know, fall in line and we got to sacrifice aesthetics for that. Well, they did sacrifice aesthetics, but not for aerodynamics, more for cabin space.
1: I think you're overstating the the looks. I mean, it doesn't look as good as a Tesla, but it looks fine. Yeah. Like, it looks like I would say the Prius looks. I, it looks like a Fit. It does know? look yeah, like yeah. a Honda
2: Fit. That's fine. And it, it, you're right. Like, it, it doesn't look terrible, but ha- which is how people are it describing it. it. It doesn't look like a fun car. That's the problem. Like, if Chevy would just get, if they would get their marketing in line with the feel of the car and the design of the car in the line with the feel, they could have a real fun car in every way. This car is fun to drive. You just never know it. Right. I mean, right. I've
0: had GTIs for years now, and this like, once I saw the Bolt, I'm like, you know,
1: this might be the my electric car, uh, something like this. It looks more practical to me than the Tesla.
2: Like, the yeah. Tesla, I feel slightly intimidated to own that car. It is it's definitely practical. Um, right. You know, Steve Jobs said that he was—he picked one up. He said that's his new regular car. Steve Jobs I'm from sorry. The Grave. <laughs> uh, Steve Wozniak. Uh, okay. can we, uh, I'll erase that because I'm editing this podcast. <laughs> no, I think you're so, keeping that just in. You keep that one in.
0: <laughs> it's like when uh, Fred Astaire was dancing with the vacuum. It's pretty much,
1: yeah. Well, what about this idea for your electric car, if you could go home and not have to plug it in, that it would charge itself wirelessly? <laughs> that like sounds there would be a terrifying. Pad. That's terrifying. Why man? is that terrifying?
2: You're going to transmit, like, What? 30 <laughs> volts wirelessly? Sure. I don't think so.
1: Well, there's a new idea. Th- well, it's not a new idea, actually. But 240 volts, 30 amps. That's it, a lot. It is a lot of energy. No question. But there's this, I mean, we're pretty familiar with wireless charging and in the induction way that it charges phones and other devices. There's a relatively new idea for electric cars that we could use resonant coupling, which is a form of wireless charging where you basically create this resonant frequency between the, the wireless charging pad and the actual receiver uh, to generate more significant volumes of energy, let's just say. That's right. I'm talking in Transformers language, <laughs> volumes of energy. Energon ener- cubes. cubes right? Yeah, cubes okay. of
2: energy. Right. How close do they have to be?
1: Uh, well, this hasn't really – I haven't seen the work actually piloted for cars. I think Steve I, – I I found an article about this, and I think Steve took a deep dive like I did yeah. into this.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, so they haven't said distance, but uh, because it's directional rather than kind of floating all like uh, a big cloud, it, there can be some distance. I think the use case was you would have a pad on the floor of your garage, and you park on top of it. So, uh, you know, maybe – what two feet or something like that from from the receiver
1: and and the transmitter so the crazy idea that that is proposed is that you could have a an actual like car or like a lane of, of road that has this under it so while you would drive over it your car could charge
0: right and that's for mass transit as yeah. well right you have like it on buses and things like that
1: hmm. that would be amazing but the plugging your car in is not a pain point that's interesting
2: have a third rail for cars. Mm-hmm. So you really could do long road trips. Yeah, but do you mind plugging in your car? Not at all. Okay. Well, then maybe this doesn't solve anything. Right. Well, I mean, you know, there's the supercharger network has something coming where you'll be able to have your car autonomously drive to, you know, across country potentially, mm-hmm. and it will charge itself at supercharger um, chargers.
0: Oh, is that that weird snake thing that, like. I,
2: I doubt it'll actually do that. <laughs> right. That was Tony Stark. Right. right. But it is somehow, they are some, some kind of hookup. See, I thing.
1: would still, I still have the, the anxiety that if I had an electric vehicle and I went out, there wouldn't be any chargers available.
2: That's the thing. Like, and that's what I looked at. Like, if I want to go from here to LA, there's mm-hmm. really one good spot in the middle on the five. Right. And it's at a hotel. And I know there's going to be some other people there using it because there's one charger. So I'm not willing to gamble on that. You can't reserve it. Well, Google Maps is doing something for the rest of us that have similar anxiety
1: when it comes to parking. And like we live in San Francisco, which is one of the worst parking cities in the country. Parking difficulty is going to be integrated into Google Maps when you you map a location. So if I was mapping a location here, it would say, oh, at this time of day, parking is... Is not so good. It took, on average, somebody, you know, 10 minutes to find parking.
0: Now, is this in major metro areas
1: or everywhere? I think they're going to integrate it just fully into Google Maps. I, okay. I think they're going to do it like the way they do the traffic data, which is mm-hmm. aggregating already existing sources of information. And there's already a lot of like parking databases, but also just grabbing information from Android users. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this
0: is for when you're visiting a city, right? Like you ask us, oh, I'm going to the hate, and I'm driving. It's like good luck. But, uh, <laughs> I would
1: love if Google Maps sent me a a notice. Good luck, yeah. Before I even got in the car, why are you even driving? <laughs> I think but, this makes a ton of sense. This would be a great feature for Google Maps.
2: Really? It's such, why? What? is it
1: going to change what you do? It it might change if I t- if I drive myself or take an Uber or something.
2: Yeah. If parking is bad, you already pretty much know in your own city if it's going to be good or bad area time of day time of week
1: sure but there's a a use case where you're going to some place
2: different yeah
0: well, oh <coughs> well, you're renting a car in the city and it's like, yeah. oh I'm going to
2: this area I don't know I I where it is I guess if you're visiting a city it makes more it's sense it's such a yeah, low
1: yeah. it's such a low cost though it's like
2: adding one line of, of descriptor text in Google Maps yeah you're right you're right it. more information is better I yeah. just I this is not really useful because you can always get lucky you can always get unlucky you know, you drive around looking for parking sometimes it's better to wait mm fair enough i want to know like if it could direct me to a the, parking like spot like a a parking spot would be ideal but then everyone would get that direction there right. would like like zip over there that'd be no <laughs> like good six cars all <laughs> right. at the one parking spot but if there's like some kind of system for yeah getting me to a parking spot faster that would be good
1: you well know. they had that they had a um a company tried to do that in san francisco it was called like parking monkey or something like that where you could sell your parking your yeah. public meter parking right. space to the next customer
2: that got shut down
1: it got shut down because you're like basically taking public land and leasing it to somebody else without paying the the public land yeah it was crazy i will tell you something that is not useful it's when you think you're ordering a drone from a crowdfunding site and that company shuts down i missed the segue there uh, yeah, it was a terror. <laughs> I'm not good at this compared to Norm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I should not did you be allowed. D- to did do you do something. that? Did you order a drone?
1: I didn't order the Lily drone. So we're talking oh. about Lily, which is the company that came out with this incredible vi- video of a drone that followed you. You could throw it out in the air, and then it would track you. And it was, you know, their video showed all these like sort of extreme adventures. Uh, and I think three days ago, four days ago, they sent. A notice to all of their um, uh, crowdfunding supporters that the company is shutting down, and they said they're going to issue refunds. Right? They said the, all of the money from the campaign that were pre-orders were kept in like cold storage, according to them. <laughs> so they are going to refund everyone. Uh, but this is just another example of a of a huge crowdfunding campaign. Uh, they I think they raised like something like thirty four million dollars yeah. and an additional fifteen in venture funding um not coming to fruition. Did you um order this drone at all? I remember seeing the video and thinking
0: it was never going to come out. Like because if in the video I think they like threw it and it like splashed in the water and then took off from the water and it's like there's no way that's going to be a thing.
1: Um, I remember how much that video passed around and that campaign passed around. Right. it was a great video. Because of how good the video yeah. was uh and how much they must have spent on that video. But they never produced any units. Um, the city of San Francisco is actually suing the company um, for uh, false claims right now. The city? Or city or county, one of those two. But a gov- they're incorporated the here. Yeah, The wow. government is suing them oh, for wow. misleading claims. This is one of those things that like hurts the larger drone market, doesn't it? I don't think so.
2: No? No. It's, no, it's got too much momentum. It's too sexy. It's too new. There's always new stuff coming out constantly.
0: Right, how many backers is that? Thirty-four million, right? Like it was what five, six
2: hundred dollars? I thought you were going to say it hurts crowdfunding. Like it put it just lessens. People's. I feel like the
1: crowdfunding hurts have already come, and we've yeah. talked about Pebble having to shut down. We, I mean, some of these are are the are the faces of of successful hardware crowdfunding. Mm. Um, so, and Lily was considered a pretty huge success. Yeah, I don't remember how many. Yeah, so this is the second big drone. Failure on crowdfunding, right?
0: There was that European one that that also failed. What did that do? Um, I want to. Th- that was something in like the twenty million range as well. It, it, it just, you know, everybody wants a
2: drone, and they wanted to do things that we're just not able to do yet. It's hard to keep up with DJI too. I mean, they, yeah. they, they iterate so fast. What was it eight months,
0: nine months between the between Phantoms? Yeah, phantoms, so. Crazy. Yeah. So
1: if they raised thirty four million dollars in pre sales and the unit on crowdfunding was five hundred, but they're like pre ordering it for nine hundred, that's still like that's like fifty thousand units. That's not five thousand units. Yeah. That is a huge number of of drone sales. That's a lot of pissed off people. Oh, that's terrible. And it was also one of the they also didn't handle it well. Like it it was like this kind of non apology apology email it was just uh, sort of terrible i'm actually kind of glad they're being sued because this idea of just releasing a really slick video
2: i know we should be skeptical consumers should you know take care of themselves but yeah if there was any shadiness involved i'm glad they're being sued too yeah absolutely it's like, what did they do for that production? i guess we'll find out
0: because kickstarter you have to have a working prototype right you so, used to oh no
2: longer. you don't have to have a working when prototype. i when i did my Kickstarter. Back in the early days, they you had to have you couldn't have a napkin sketch. You had to okay. have a working prototype. I think those rules have changed. Oh wow, we'll, we'll see.
1: We're finally getting Android Wear 2.0. It, neither of you have an Android watch. What's right? that? Is that is that the watch? It's the watch uh, uh, OS.
2: Why do they call it Wear? Is that, are they trying to expand into headbands and stuff?
1: Android Wear is what it's always been called.
2: <laughs> okay yeah but obviously, like the, the brand implies more than a watch,
1: yeah but I mean there isn't really that at this point it's just okay. watches at this at this endeavor, where two point has gone through so many iterations Yeah, because it was at google i o
0: last year, right, and then it was it was really messed up in a lot of ways,
1: yes, and yeah. they had uh the reception was quite bad to that announcement at i o they went through five different sort of betas with different developers around this before they refined it. We finally have a launch date of February 9th. The new OS is coming out. It's going to feature just a, like not that much that's uh, incredible, but things that just should be there. And support for NFC and Android Pay payments, which is like it should be there. That's what iOS or watchOS does already. Um, but I don't think that's a huge deal. Google Assistant finally comes on board. Um, there's going to be a mini keyboard. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> no.
1: You're not yes. going to type
2: on your watch.
0: Oh, I'm going to try. This is going to be like my old uh, cal- calculator watch <laughs> where you just have like a, a stylus or the something. The Casio? Yeah. I had that. Yeah, I had that for years. Yeah. I
2: think it's great. <laughs> I it could use that da- either. was the databank, yeah. right? I had all my phone numbers
1: in there.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. I do remember that.
1: <laughs> wow. I forgot about the data well, bank.
0: Was, what was the Timex one where you actually, it was uh, Microsoft branded? Um, oh, anyway, we're good. That
1: there. was one of the first things I ever really tried to fix because I, like, took off one of the buttons on there. like, wore out, so I had to, like, I unscrewed yeah. the whole back. It was the first. Did it fix? No, uh, yeah. never really fixed. It's, but right. it was the first thing I ever, like, really took apart. That's what's important. Yeah, that's what's important about that device. Yeah. Uh, so uh,
0: I don't remember seeing any where stuff from CES. I mean, is this going to, like, Congress? Like, what what what's gonna what's no new gonna devices on, were
1: right. really announced no headbands you really why do you want a headband so he's much? like
2: the terry porter of technology just just thinking just thinking what's <laughs> i want like a laser beam up there a laser beam <laughs> i don't know just thinking you know cyclops kind of stuff <laughs> the okay so yeah <laughs> that, how, how do you That's use the scary. interface is it like like little vibrations you in, your, in your thought patterns see like if you just have to think it right and it's up there wrapped around your brain this is the kind of product that we need.
0: Atari had the Mind Link back in the eighties, where you were able to control things on the screen via this headband that you wore. What? It's o- mm-hmm. It only went into prototype
1: stage, and it apparently—I've tried a lot worked. of those those kind of like you know neural headbands. Was that like, the like, Jedi game? Yeah. is one of them. It's, you it's tried to control like things. It was it the same type of technology. Same type of technology, but this is like eighty-two. So yeah, that's not a good sign. You though. should have
2: heard about the video game he told us about a month ago, where you think. You can see in your mind the video game that. They're... Oh, this is where they're projecting it <laughs> yeah. into your head. Yeah, they're beaming some sort of Pac-Man maze into your head. They're yeah. beaming the direction you're supposed to take. Yeah, next direction
1: you take in the yeah. frame, and you see it. I, I you can't... see the direction you're supposed to go. Yes, yeah. I'm excited for that. That's great. So
2: is our old every old Android watch going to support it?
1: Yeah. So, but my watch, I have the LG Urbane, um, doesn't have NFC, so I won't get that update. But I'll get everything else.
0: Oh, so it actually even for like the old like. Gear watches and things like that will get 2.0.
1: It's supposed to be all the devices. Okay. Um, mm. I know the Moto 360 line, the Huawei's, uh, the LGs will get it. I haven't heard. I don't know. I guess if you have like the original Gear, it won't get that update. No. Okay. But I don't know about the Gear Two, which I, is what most people have.
0: I'm sure I have a couple in a drawer somewhere.
2: I
1: oh, know. that is yeah. a resounding <laughs>
2: endorsement
1: of that, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that OS acid device. They added in the latest watchOS, they added the ability to type, but you don't type, you draw your characters. You sketch one character at a time. It's a way to write. But, do
1: you have a keyboard? With the stylus we have ten of. (laughs) Hang on, Jeremy, I'm still typing.
2: (laughs) Can't wait to see you type on your watch. Uh, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure you will. It's going to be terrible. (laughs) What is this gibberish text message It's got (laughs) from Kishore? That's weird.
1: All right. So uh, out of the world of Google, we did get, I thought this was kind of interesting is that Google has built custom chips to uh, deal with security issues on their servers. Not surprising at all. They've
0: been building their own hardware forever. I mean, since I was, when I was working there, they were already like customizing boards. But chips is totally different level of hardware development than what we've seen them Given do. the velocity they were on and, and how much, how important security was, um, it doesn't
1: surprise me. I, I, they, you have know, it's weird that this is the first time we've heard of it, but I'm I'm pretty impressed because I think that's non-trivial to get into designing your own chips. A lot of really smart people working there. Yeah, <laughs> that's our hot take. Yes, on <laughs> all this. Well, I think that it, I think it's a a great reveal that they have all this these custom security silicon chips in in their servers. I don't know. I actually I don't. I'm kind of a dummy about this. Does that mean that it's going to be that much safer? Yeah, I mean it's I think what was interesting about
0: when they made this announcement was not just the fact that they have these chips was it's the process by which they do things like check in code and and how things are audited, things are encrypted as they're written to the disk. So it's really if someone were tried to be was you know, someone malicious was trying to break into the Google systems, this is what they would have to go through in order to try to get access to your data or modify Google code to do things that, you know, maybe google doesn't want so I, I i like the
2: the um the commitment to that security i think uh, the fact that google's in, um ceos founders are, are engineers tr- right. trickles down in so many interesting ways like this
1: oh yeah absolutely last week i got my <clears throat> annual physical and i went to the doctor's office it's the same doctor's office that it's always been for the past you know 15 20 years it's kind of a painful experience. Uh, my wife belongs to One Medical Group which is like this concierge service which is awesome.
0: Yes, and I'm also part of One Medical.
2: I too am One Medical. You do have One Medical too? Yes, yeah.
1: So do you like it?
2: Yeah, it's it's all that I've ever had since I came to San Francisco, so I can't compare it to the other doctors offices, but it's a it's a great service.
1: It's all streamlined like you book your appointments um online and yeah. What's in the customer service is better?
2: They don't do blood draws there. Like or they just did they just start doing that? I think they just started doing that. Okay. There's that's labs
1: great. inside, like, like sort of a sub lab. But you get like better customer service. It's yeah. a better sort of experience of going to the doctor. Right.
0: The, the reports are, are sent to you. Um, oh, so everything's apps. digital. Yeah, so you can
1: actually read through things like that. Which is awesome. So there's a next level from that. And I'm forgetting the company name, but imagining walking to a doctor's office that's gotten the Apple Store makeover. So you walk in, you check in, or you book your appointment, you know, online and stuff. You walk in, you check in via iPad, you walk over to a kiosk, and you basically, you like insert your finger, and it takes vitals from you, it measures your weight, takes your like body mass index, all in a kiosk, which is very Westworld to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you go into the doctor's office, and all that's displayed on like a touchscreen on the wall. Uh, and wh- here's what I think is interesting. So apparently has like an AI that is listening to your conversation with the doctor <laughs> and picks out key information and records it into your sort of medical record. So
2: well, the first time I see a real person is once I get into the doctor's room. Right. Is that right? And then a real person comes in.
1: Yes. A real doctor and but, has a conversation
2: with you. But an AI is listening it, to the whole thing. Yes. We we are headed towards idiocracy. We're gonna oh have doctors gosh. that just like you follow whatever idiocracy? the com- yeah, whatever the computer says. It's like, oh okay, that sounds fine. I thought you were gonna say like Dr. Max Headroom comes on the screen
1: <laughs> when I'm in the doctor's office. <laughs> uh
2: know. the
1: company's called Forward. Um, oh. and I don't know, I think it's kinda interesting because I, I when I was getting my physical, my doctor spent a lot of time on a laptop <laughs> typing in notes. That's true. And that's you know, they already d- aren't gonna spend very much time with you. Like on average a doctor sees you for less than fifteen minutes. Yeah. A year. So this idea that the the experience of him uh or of them typing into a laptop is going to, you know, further degrade that fifteen minutes, if this can actually pick up the conversation, record it and then seamlessly communicate what's going on to
2: everyone involved, right. sounds
1: that sounds kind of great. Right.
2: Is the doctor gonna rely on that AI for Things that sh- the doctor shouldn't. Well, if the doctor doesn't have a laptop,
1: but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know else they're going to record what's said. It's like, I mean, they're not going to. It's not going to run tests. It's just listening to your conversation, right? To be like, I exercise twice a day, mm-hmm. and the doctor would be like, No, you don't. You, s- <laughs> I saw your sensor readings.
2: <laughs> okay, are you signing right. up? You're going to do this? No, for- because
1: it's um, sort of ridiculously expensive. It's 150 dollars yeah. a month. Oh. Like one medical is one hundred fifty dollars a year, which isn't you know that still much. I think people yeah. which is right. still yeah. you know because it's healthcare and people have have moral feelings about healthcare and you know that's still like you know, you, you know ten fifteen bucks a month right. that you're paying on top of your insurance cost.
2: Oh, it opened January seventeenth. Yeah. It it open. Yeah.
0: Oh man. I and this is an uh, here. like what like former Google Uber folks
1: said. Hey. How can we make this better? The the funny part for me, and there's a picture of this, is that when you have to give a urine sample, you don't <laughs> have to hand it off to somebody. You like go into the bathroom, and there's like a hole in the wall yeah. that you like put your urine Can't... sample to, and it you like you should takes just be able to somewhere. pee in the
2: wall. Well, I guess that would only work for us, Female. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there's a room, pee wherever you want, right. just like walk into the
0: silver room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Make it a game. (laughs) How about I give you access to millions upon millions of email accounts with one job? Uh, Too much responsibility. Too much responsibility. Well, that's how a lot of Microsoft employees feel. Who's had the job of scanning email accounts for nefarious items like child pornography and other things. Those workers are now suing Microsoft.
0: Doesn't surprise me at all. Um, So when I was at YouTube, we had content moderators as well uh, who had to scan through flagged videos to find this and they offered them counseling services they could only work on those um, in that role for I think it was like three to six months it was some shortened time period and even then they had people like yeah this is it's extremely disturbing um, because your entire day you're just seeing some of the most horrible things so th- like, this lawsuit doesn't surprise me at all given what they've claimed happened to them
1: Yeah, so one of the people – and they're suing them for um, uh, – on the grounds that they're suffering PTSD. Right. And one of the people in the suit alleges they saw a video that was like abuse and murder of a child and has been suffering since then. And like these roles, why are they done by humans still? Well, is the, there still not is there still not an automated way to do this? I mean, you you can't tell, right? There's like, what if it's a
0: movie scene or or something mm-hmm. like that? And and I remember <laughs> this is getting weird. In terms of AI, in terms of determining is there nudity or something like that, um, I think one of the scientists was working on a nipple detector, basically, so you can it's like, oh, okay, that that's probably nudity. But there's things like, is that offensive? Is it not? Um, you know, people would be uploading like, for instance, cartoons and then splicing in something awful in the middle. Right, and so the real
1: terrible things like that, and and you had to have someone look at
0: it. Um, at the end of the day,
1: so this is a a difficult position for Microsoft because they were offering like counseling services. They uh, reportedly were were encouraging people to take breaks and what and whatnot. Like, what, what do you do here? It's if it hard. has to I mean, be a human endeavor. And yeah. you don't
2: want to incentivize people that have these positions and no. financially, you know? Like but people, they're people are to, hard up to, yeah. maybe they really need the cash. This is, you don't want to, pay. I guess, do you? Do you want to pay these people a ton of money in order to have these jobs? Well, they. so that,
0: that was the thing with, uh, from my experience, it was just, they were they were limited to the amount of time they could spend doing this. Because there would potentially be long-term effects uh, of viewing this material over and over again. No, so, no doubt. Right. Um, so you had to like train someone else, and then oh. just rotate through. I, I, obviously, they're they're during that process they're improving algorithms, and so hopefully we get uh, to a point where fewer humans have to do this. But I, I don't think it's going to be completely eliminated. For if, a while. if this goes
2: to court, there's no way Microsoft doesn't cave, because uh, any jury that sees any of the things that they have to watch is going to be f- just full bore. Give them what they want. I
1: guess so, but how far does a company have to go to protect the the workers here? I mean, if they're providing all the services, if they're like, what do you like? There is like a rock and a hard place here, right?
2: You just, I anybody at the level making those decisions probably has never seen any of these videos. It's it's not fair.
1: I mean, we did actually.
0: I, I think from you know from what I saw, there was. Hey, we know some of this stuff is terrible. Let's try to limit the exposure. Uh, it didn't say how long these people were in these roles, or or um, some of it kind of sounded a little callous in terms of like, yeah, just take a smoke break. It's like, you know, this maybe this is just I need to shut down for the day, right? It, it, there, there's probably a, a if you see something that's that disturbing, it's you know you clock out, right? It's just stop and and come back when you're ready. I don't know.
1: I'm not the king of transitions, so I'm just going to go to something else. All right. Um, Norway has announced that they're turning off FM radio <laughs> county by county. What? Totally eliminating Why? FM radio. Why? Well, they found that a digital is better, uh, mm. and that uh, you get a better quality signal. You get, you know, uh, a better utilization of of the product. They found that a number of people met this sort of percentage threshold were already listening digitally mm-hmm. so the number of people affected was not that significant wait and what,
2: what are you talking about digitally if i have an fm radio in my car that's still standard fm radio right yeah but that's there's not digital
1: well the, uh, you can have a digital fm receiver or digital receiver that receives those on different frequencies
2: and is that what typically is in cars now or is it still standard in our like cars do you
0: I'm, know what's mine's before? got a serious? Well, that's yeah. different. Yeah, like, that's yeah, satellite that, yeah, radio. Satellite, right? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, to be honest, I don't. I, I never turn on my radio, so I
2: can't say. I don't know. Now I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, every car's got FM and probably AM still, right? Yeah. I don't I'm gonna know. look into this.
1: It's like uh, VHF, UHF, right? Because go you, to the... I <laughs> definitely know that FM stations are broadcasting digitally and in, in analog right now in the U.S. Both. Yes. Okay. Um, but I don't know if it's currently in cars now. I now I need to know when they. I'm sh, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if most of our antennas receive digital signals now in modern cars. Okay. Right. So Norway's
2: but, just. You know who knows? It's the listeners. Yeah, the they, listeners yeah, are going to issue a lot of know.
1: scathing <laughs> corrections <laughs> right. on, on my knowledge of this. But what they found is a large percentage of people. In Norway, already listening to the digital stations, so they're shutting them off and then selling off that extra bandwidth for other use for something else. Yeah, so we we've talked a lot about bandwidth limitations. Now I have no idea what they're who's buying that FM bandwidth and what they would use it for. Mm. Right, but uh, we know there's pretty significant limitations on the spectrum. So I think this sounds great.
0: Uh, As a preservationist, I'm a little concerned. Um, You know, this is whenever there's a technology shift. Um, there, the the ability to access what was before, um, you know, becomes more difficult. So, uh, I mean, FM's been around for a long time. Hopefully, people have uh, figured out what to do. But, you know, some things might stop working during the zombie
2: apocalypse. We're going to want that analog spectrum back. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know, anything like if the power grid goes down, people have FM transmitters in their house. You're going to want to be able to communicate.
1: Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel better, while the UK is considering something. Close. The quote from the New York Times article about this is closing down the FM is not even on the horizon in the United States. All right. So you can feel better about that. Just Norway. Hey, do we have a
2: message from Norm? We certainly do. Norman Chan, let's switch to him. No, let's unmute and <laughs> then switch to him.
4: We want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this week's episode of This Is Only a Test, and that's Crizal No Glare Lenses. If you wear glasses, then you know that fingerprints, smudges, scratches, and glares can be a constant obstruction to your vision and a huge distraction. Sometimes you end up focusing more on what's on your glasses than what's going on around you. That's why you want Crizal No Glare Lenses. They give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to glares, scratches, and smudges. That means no more blinding glares from the headlights of oncoming traffic, while driving at night, no more fingerprint smudges from taking your glasses on and off or scratches from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. And because Crizal no-glare lenses say clear and reduce distracting glare, your friends and family can actually see your eyes, not just your glasses. Look better, feel better, and more importantly, be prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision. Go to Crizal.com to learn more. That's C-R-I-Z-A-L.com, and start living life in the clear. Now on with the show.
1: moment of science let's keep the depressing stories on on a roll here no no. uh let's talk about the most notable death of 2016 i know 2016 is renowned for all the celebrity deaths and and there are a number of famous scientific figures that died but Mm -hmm. uh there is one that i think is going to resonate for many many years to come and we don't even know her name well what's the name so, well, we don't know oh, yeah. it. It was a woman in Nevada. <laughs> Tell us more. Uh, she, uh, she passed away in Reno. She had a bacterial infection. She had been traveling in India for a number of years, broke her leg uh, there, and developed a, uh, a bacterial infection that, that from a bacteria referred to as a CRE. This is a gut bacteria that uh, typically has resistance to a certain class of antibiotics, and that's where it gets its name. Well, they treated her with 26 different antibiotics, and none of them worked. Okay. Uh, and she, so she eventually passed away. But this bacteria had developed resistance to every known antibiotic that the CDC had available to it. And this is
2: a fear the CDC has had for quite a while. Right. It
1: is. We, I think you talked about this earlier in the year, the
0: MCR1 gene. Yeah, where... oh,
1: which is colistin resistance. Okay. And it's this idea that there's a gene that could pass... From easily from a uh, 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 from bacteria to uh, other hosts, um, and that MCR one gene is the gene that would transfer. Right, that wasn't this, but this that was, wasn't this, but, but that, was that that had developed resistance to colistin, which is a is almost like an antibiotic of last resort. Did they try that with this woman as well? Yep. Oh okay. hi, that's scary.
2: Did they capture the virus?
1: Uh, the bacteria. I'm sorry, the bacteria. Uh, oh yeah, they have it. Okay, they can't kill it through antibiotic means i mean you can kill it through sure. you know typical R- radiation means, like radiation you know. all that kind of stuff but what was i think really terrifying is um there's a great article in stat news about this which is like a health and medical news site <clears throat> the quotes in here from the cdc um reps are terrifying they're like yep this is coming like they're very like I, I don't know, Steve. How you put it to me? Yeah. Well,
0: there was uh, they asked. They were interviewing one of the the researchers, and they said, you know, has any? I, I think this is before this article came out. Um, they said, hey, is uh, is there uh, antibiotic resistant bacteria? And she said, literally, funny you should ask. And then went into this description, which someone from the CDC saying, oh, here's something funny. Here's this bacteria that's resistant to everything we have that we could throw at it. Um, so I, yeah, it, it, it was almost, they're expecting it, uh, and there's nothing we can do.
1: The, uh, the quote at the end of the article is, uh, how scared should we, how close are we to the edge of the cliff? That's the question the reporter asked. And, and, uh, the scientist asked, we're already falling off the cliff. It's just happening far away from us. Um, the other quote from this article is that this bacteria that, uh, killed this woman, uh they probably they suspect that there's a bunch of people carrying it that just don't have any symptoms yet. They're just wandering around right
2: now. Who are not susceptible potentially?
1: We don't know. All right. Well, I think that's the most terrifying and probably most important death of 2016 because this bacterial resistance has been hinted at as being a pretty gigantic science issue that's going to come our way whether it's 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, we don't know. But it's coming. It's the arms race, right? It's the new arms race. Yeah, and we're losing really, really badly. Yeah. Let's switch to something uplifting. Fucking ha, SpaceX ha, ha, again! Ha, ha, ha. Yay! I know, I know. It was punny to to right. mention this, but SpaceX again. This time, first time in the Pacific, launched a uh, a rocket to space, landed it on a barge.
2: This is their first launch since
1: the
0: since the explosion. The explosion, right? Yeah. No, the fast fire. It was not an explosion.
2: That's right.
1: Oh, yes. fast fire! That's right. Right. Thank yeah. you, Elon <laughs> Musk surrogate, Steve Lin. Um, yeah, it was an explosion. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good for them. Do you watch the video? It's great. Yeah. yeah,
2: I am so jaded. You're already over it. I didn't watch over the video. it. Like, okay, I've seen. seen this space. is like Next. that
0: Simpsons. Why they sent Homer
2: into space? Right. It's like no one cares about launches anymore. <sighs> it's it's horrible. Spice it up. I assume the rocket took off and landed vertically, and it was amazing. Yes. All right. I hate you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was actually surprised iridium which is the satellite they launched um was still in business this was a satellite phone company late 90s uh communications network and then i heard they went bankrupt and i totally forgot about it
1: yeah i i don't really know much about the history of that company but it was their satellite so yeah. i wonder what their are i didn't really uh check out what this satellite was for Maybe that's how I'm jaded. I'm like, oh, I care about the landing. I don't care about what they're actually What's sending to
0: space. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's uh, from what I read, it's just more satellites to increase
2: coverage uh, or increase bandwidth, right, for their network. Oh, that so, sounds great. Yeah. Uh, you know this? You, do you have any more stories? I have one last story. Uh, hit me. Uh, we lost
1: uh, Gene Cernan uh, was the last astronaut to walk on the moon. He passed away in his 80s. Uh, American hero, just na- uh, just hero to the to the globe. There's an incredible documentary on on his uh, life and uh, the end of the uh, Apollo and Moon missions uh, called uh, "The Last Man on the Moon." I think it's on Netflix. It's a really great watch. I really recommend it, uh, and it uh, you know features Gene pretty significantly.
0: Yeah, it's Apollo 17. I think it was 17. I, yeah, yeah, and
1: it's like they went
0: the furthest out of any astronauts, and they had, like, a, a mobile base and, and went to a mountain or something. So, yeah, also probably the furthest out on they the moon. They had a base on the moon?
1: Well, you know, it's it's by the Transformers <laughs> <laughs> ship. <laughs> on the so, dark side? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so think about it this way. If you are born after 1972, there's not been a human on the moon in your lifetime.
2: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: Which is, like,
2: that's crazy.
1: A long time ago, now seventy-two, and I I get why, like you know, from pure science basis, there's not really a good reason to send astronauts to the
2: moon. It's expensive for we, the science. Yeah, right. it's really expensive. We've learned what we can.
1: There's no there's no cold war with Russia. There's a different kind of war with Russia now. <laughs> but people uh, have
2: suggested tourism is a possible a future market.
1: It, sure, I, but we're not. I want to get into orbit first. And <laughs> yeah, then, then we'll get to the moon. Uh, but it, like I can't help but feeling a little bit sad that the like in 40 plus years there hasn't been a um human on on the moon at all and pretty soon we're not going to have anyone alive that has been to the moon
2: you know like neil degrasse talks all the time about how nasa provides inspiration to young people Mm -hmm. and did with the moon landings um as you know that was a phenomenal effort in order to provide the next generation with incentive to become scientists and learn more and we haven't had that moon landing for our generation or any since. You're right.
1: Yeah. That is it for the. What an
2: uplifting moment of science! No, that <laughs> documentary is is actually pretty great right. and pretty uplifting. Um, I want to throw out one piece of news. It it's not even news. I saw it in um, Reddit 3D printing, and it, it's it could fall into science because it's kind of. Uh, it's got these mathematical patterns, but it's somebody you, you've seen a zoetrope, where. Um, like so the, the Pixar the thing, right? thing where they have a bunch of 3D printed models and then they activate a strobe light and they look like they're animating. Have you seen this, Kishore? Mm-hmm. Um So it's like it—it it sort of is like the old M animation spinny wheel of like the, the the horse running. Right. Well, this guy has made 3D elements uh 3D printed models that animate, but they're just one model. And so when they when you spin them at the right frequency and you mm-hmm. turn on a strobe light at the right frequency. They do this, so check that out. It's like uh, Blooms Two. You gotta check this out. Uh, just Google Blooms Two YouTube, and he has all these amazing shapes that come to life. And oh wow, it makes me want to three D print them and get a record player and spin them around. And uh, is it just
1: like a standard strobe or like some sort of special? It's what like synchronized? It has
2: to be the right. Yeah, yeah it has to be yeah. the right speed. But it, I'm thinking it might be possible just to if you get a like a camera. And its refresh rate synced up with the right speed of the spinner. Mm. Right, it might just show up on camera automatically. Oh, those are really cool. I like those zootropes
1: oh, yeah. a lot. I, I it reminds me of. Did you see the light based zoetrope?s On uh, the videos about that, where y- you print a device, but then you only have one beam of light coming through, and then you darken the whole room, and have the things spin around, and you can actually see like a human, like it shows an no. animated human walking. That's cool. Because you're just getting illuminated the one slice as it rotates right wow that's cool so that's a different variant on that i'll put links to those
2: videos oh good idea you're good with show notes people like you (laughs) the vr minute virtual reality this week so you got the oculus suit first on the list here Yeah, there was a lawsuit happening. Well, we knew it was coming. I mean, it's been going on for a while. I guess the big news now is that they've announced that Zuckerberg will testify. He testified yesterday. By now has testified. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and I think there was another today, and Palmer Luckey is testifying today. For people that
1: that don't know, this is the ZeniMax lawsuit against Oculus, and thereby Facebook, alleging that they stole, uh, particularly John Carmack, stole IP from them. Uh, that is now core to what Oculus represents,
0: right? And yeah, in the testimony yesterday, they called into question things like the due diligence, the technical due diligence. They they wanted to start the due diligence on, due, due diligence on Friday and sign the deal by Monday. So it was like was three days enough time for you to really figure things out? Um, Zuck obviously insisted that it was oculus technology and he also he kind of had a dig at zenimax at the end where they said did you know about this zenimax lo- zenimax lawsuit and he said well lawyers will bring important things to my attention not people who come out of the woodwork and i never heard of zenimax
1: before all of this wow so yeah carmack was it was pretty virulent in his commentary too I think what's interesting is this idea that, Le- that Palmer didn't have the necessary like sort of skill set to right. develop all of this, so it must be stolen. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I like Carmack's
0: quote. He said he would only use a Mac under duress. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. It
2: was, was in response just, Yeah, there was some evidence on a Mac, and yeah. he was implying it certainly had nothing to do with him.
1: I, I think the... I actually see this as a positive development. This suit has been dragging on for a while like it was on it was off it was on it was off it seems like we're heading towards resolution yeah and resolution is is just good for all parties involved it won't be a shadow that hangs over um anything that's happening
0: yeah
2: yeah we missed a story last week that you wanted to talk about that job spin oh whatever sim has passed three million i love job sim there was a big list on reddit recently of your favorite games of 2016 i don't know if anybody mentioned job sim because it's, yeah. ju- it's a, kind of the go-to. It's like everyone's played it. It's right. the f- demo everyone gives. I think it's phenomenal. It's a great game. And apparently... Um, you go back to it at all? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I, I don't. But when my son does, and when people come over, they play it. But I finished it. You know? Yeah. I don't know how much more there is to do. But it, it, it passed 3 million in sales. According to them, it's the most popular VR title to date.
1: Well, in terms
2: of pure sales? Um, yeah. 3 million you know, seems like a lot does seem like a lot I mean I'm not even sure there's 3 million VR devices right. I mean there I, is PSVR now is it on PSVR maybe that's how they hit that I number.
0: think so I have a PSVR but I haven't turned on my PS4 since I got back so yeah right yeah I'll have to check um, well good for them I mean jobs yes phenomenal. it is on PSVR
2: yeah. um, Gear VR maybe uh, oh no I guess that, uh, that would on make any sense VR. no it is yeah.
1: well I mean being on PSVR probably explains yeah right a lot of that
2: My favorite news of the week is uh, Goob 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 Goob. Newell. Gabe Newell did a a Ask Me Anything on Reddit, and
1: in his own
0: like subreddit, in the Gabe Gabe subreddit, (laughs) subreddit.
2: (laughs) And guess what? Valve is confirmed to be working Half Life Three on VR titles of their own. So that's that's great. I mean, Half Life Three VR confirmed. There you go. (laughs) i I found this it was sort of a throwaway comment too it
1: was like answering a a couple questions and he mentioned like he reaffirmed his commitment to vr which is great to hear Mm -hmm. and then this idea that they are developing in-house
2: vr games is pretty exciting they don't talk about in-house development ever so the fact that we get this nugget that's great i mean you know it's going to be forever until it's released and then it'll be a little bit longer and then it'll come out but it'll be great
0: but they've been messing with VR for a very long time, yeah. right? Like the room scale stuff. Arguably are, longer than anybody. Yeah. And so it, maybe it's, hey, we came up with some of these concepts years ago, and now the technology is catching
2: up with what we actually wanted to do. Or and why not wait? I mean, you might as well wait, let the market get bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, the, the penetration for, for headsets is still very low. So.
2: But he also threw out that the Knuckles controller, which I hadn't heard it referred to that, that's that's the touch like device that you can like open and close your. They're, oh, they're okay. prototyping for okay. Steam. Or, uh, I thought it was like Steam Sonic and Knuckles. Had <laughs> you know. into something else. He said the Knuckles controller is being designed at the same time as we're designing our games. Oh, so potentially okay. there'll be some crossover there. Right, kind of alludes to game made for interface, you know, console style. Right, which uh, I'm all for it. That's fantastic.
1: I also I've been suspicious of Gabe's other AMAs, but this one he indicated that there are a lot of other people in the room from mm-hmm. Valve, and they like jumped in on the AMA too. Mm-hmm. So I think it lends a little bit more credence to his cryptic AMAs of the past. Right. Uh, one final thing I noticed that Daydream, which um, we we took a look at and pretty much hated, um, uh, Google's Daydream has now dropped all the way down to fifty bucks. It's basically was it a hundred before? Yeah, it was. I think it was ninety. Okay, and so it's almost halved in price, right? And it's going to be that price, you know, all the way through the end of February. They said, uh, I don't. I I have the Pixel, and I tried it inside Daydream. We had so many frame drops and so many issues with the games that we we're playing. Yeah. You tried it out too, right?
2: The controller has potential, but yeah,
1: I like the marginally track controller yeah right exactly <laughs> i don't know it's it's interesting i'm glad that, that they're doing it Why i not? mean it was way more comfortable in the gear vr for my yeah. for my money but just like it's once you have a real head headset it's it feels like a pale imitation right and even though the barrier to entry is so much lower i just can't i can't imagine recommending it with all those frame drops it's like can you imagine recommending a video game console that like that drops
2: every now and again. Well, no. and especially with VR being such a new thing and every, like you, everything that's released, you run the risk of it being people's first impression right. and lasting impression of what the technology is capable of. I, always, I don't want it to be Gear VR or Daydream. Yeah. You
0: know? Stuff like that, I mean, when you walk through malls, right? You know, it's like, VR, this headset thing you put your phone into, I mean, how many of those sold over the holidays? That's kind of scary, right? These people thinking that's virtual reality. Right. And that's not... Right. I wonder, I do wonder how many of those sold over the holidays. I saw them everywhere. So like mm-hmm. in the middle of malls and like, you know, UFO catcher machines in Japan and it just it just seemed <laughs> like they were they were really trying to increase the penetration of, of this and I wait,
2: UFO catcher machine?
0: Uh it's a crane game? Uh mm-hmm. it, like the 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 crane sure. where it comes and grabs the prizes like those were prizes in there kind of oh. like like high-end prizes. Okay. Wow.
2: Yeah. What have you been playing in VR? Uh, I played The Climb. I finally went back and played The Climb with Touch. Climb is great with Touch. It's a very different game, actually. Yeah. And surprisingly good, you know, because the world does move so much, but it's one-to-one with your hands. So I'm always interested to find out what causes motion sickness and what doesn't. And so it's got that it's just like we experienced with um, uh, Lone Echo at... Uh, at the Oculus event, that you're moving all around the world and there was no motion sickness. And that also, the movement, while it, you would let go and you would drift through space, when you initially threw yourself, sorry, you it's one-to-one. I think one-to-one is, is key to avoiding motion sickness. Anyway, love to climb, and my son just loves it. I was really surprised by that. Like he just played it for a, for a half hour and just was completely immersed and actually got way beyond where I did on the mountain and was throwing himself around. and it a, It's a blast. It's actually a really good... Good game! Oh wow! Yeah. Do you
1: have any of the units? You have PSVRs? I have all three. You have uh, all three? Yeah.
0: And actually, my touch controllers arrived while I was in Japan. So, uh, and I didn't realize they did. I, it was in a box, like by my mail. But um, so I, I got to use the touch controllers this week. Uh, and first thing, I loaded up was Super Hot VR. And it, in the process of playing the game, I punched my monitor. Yeah, um, that's, because that's you, not right. You, you know, you flailing around and. Definitely hit that thunk. It was like at the very edge of, of my punch. Did but, it survive? Uh, Guardian it did die. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it did survive. Monitor was okay. Wow. Uh, but it was one of those moments like, oh, wow, okay, wait, I, I'm nowhere near where I thought I was yeah. um, in the room. So,
1: And Guardian came up and you just, you punched no, through.
0: No, I, I had to actually, I, I Guardian was set up incorrectly because I was sort of like, get me into the game. And so I sort of did the, I sort of cheated a little bit yeah. uh, on the space. Um, but yeah, then... Uh, I paid for it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm. touch controllers are, are much better than the Vive controllers in my opinion. Um, I, other than the wireless stuff coming out for Vive, I, I don't know why I would use it
2: over uh, Oculus right now. There's a lot of people having issues with Oculus tracking right now. Oh. I, don't know, I don't know if you guys browse... The the Reddit the sensor but, like oh, we really? need a sensor mega thread, y- <laughs> no, you yet. saw that, yeah, yeah, because oh. yeah, it, it, people like it's ruining this sub because there's just so much talk about it. And oh, it's, weird, it's a weird thing where you either got it or you don't. And right. I, I don't have a problem. Norm doesn't. We don't, I do. haven't had a problem. Yeah, but some people they they've never been able to get it working properly. Wow, it, there, it stutters like it it jumps three feet up and back down within a frame, and it just completely makes you nauseous. Oh,
1: yeah, what. Totally valid concern if yeah. that's w- what's going on. So for you.
2: I hope they get that that issue. The fixed. only
1: problems I've had with sensors are me treating, you know, the riff like it has, you know, room scale stuff, and then you know, turning around, and yeah. losing tracking, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh man, that sucks for for the, the I
0: don't have that issue. So uh,
1: so I went to I tried uh, doing something different. I went back to Damage Core, which is not a touch enabled game, to see if I could still enjoy. Mm, right. A, a non-touch enabled game and uh, it's mixed. I really like having the hands is addictive. Having touches really hard to step away from. It took a while, but you could do it. So I, I wonder about those slew of games like damage core, which was one of my more enjoyable uh, non-touch games of 2016. I felt like I could get into it after a little while. Um, but I feel like there is that set of games, the non-touch-enabled games are just going to gather dust.
0: Right. There There was one other thing in Japan. They actually have uh, VR parks um, where you kind of pay admission and you go into um, these, these... It's basically a room set up with, with VR and customized games like zombie shooting and things like that. So those were starting to prop up, uh, pop up. And the other thing I saw in stores was um, these... Like face condoms, for lack of a better term, for PSVR and and, uh, and Vive. That's what I was I was going to ask with the VR parks. Is it gross? Uh, well, no. So they have uh, like these paper masks that you put on, um, to, and then they wipe everything down. They have like a full cleaning station next to it. But the stuff I would, like the stuff you can buy was just in the store, like next to the PSVR display, or you know, w- walking through a computer shop. So this is for your home. Um, you can buy these like protective things.
1: What do you think of the VR
0: part? It was interesting. I had a really hard problem with one of the games where it required um, talking and cooperation. And my, like I said, my Japanese is awful, so I was the worst guy in the room. Somebody was yelling something in Japanese, and I couldn't <laughs> understand him. So I, I think I went the wrong way.
2: And, you get frustrated for yourself, and you feel bad for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It was like everything was. It's like this experience is interesting, but oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, you all <laughs> just spent a thousand yen on this. I'm sorry. So
1: uh, I'm I, excited to try VR parks. That sounds like a great utilization. I bet you this summer we'll see a lot of that in amusement parks here yeah. in the U.S.
0: Yeah, and, and those experiences are are more to what we're experiencing at home right now, and I think will be a better introduction to VR than these, like, phone headsets.
2: Um, one last little bit of news is the VR Sports Challenge, which I think that came free with every touch pre-order. Um, all the mini-games are now unlocked, so you don't have to unlock them yourself. You go in and play them, and uh, it's you can now fight uh, in hockey. Ah, oh, yeah, yes. fist fight. It's <laughs> a, called Woo-hoo. brawl for all. I did that actually at the event. I'm not good at it. How I, many
0: people are going to drop their touch controllers because they're getting rid of their gloves? It's like throw their controllers
1: on the ground. My wife asks, asks that I don't play that hockey game anymore because, like, I I don't pay attention to Guardian when I'm playing it, uh, and I just <laughs> run into things constantly. <laughs> I treat it. I treat it like I'm really playing that game, which is a bad idea in the room that I'm playing in. So. <laughs> and i think that's a good way to get a hole in uh in a monitor For or sure. in my wall hey
2: you gotta wear those wrist straps respect yep. the guardian
1: that doesn't help i can wear a wrist strap and still my fist is gonna go into that wall respect <laughs> the guardian yeah. give yeah.
2: yourself a conservative guardian i actually think if you have the space putting a mat on the floor that you can feel with your feet is a good way to emphasize oh, i haven't done that. those limitations yeah actually i have carpet tiles uh, around my yeah, desk. Yeah, that's the way that, to do that's it. That's my, my
0: border. So. I have carpet towels, too. You still tells, hit your monitor. I have I, carpet towels everywhere. Well, the carpet towel goes up to the,
2: <laughs> to the desk, so... I, <laughs> you need to rethink it. Yeah, carpet I need to tile think it
0: Testing this week.
4: Hey, what have you guys been testing
2: well norm back on the vr front i also played thumper which is a yeah. i highly recommend it it's 20 dollars game on oculus home and uh it's a, it's a kind of a rhythm action game it's kind of a racing game it's uh but it's very ethereal i mean it's very like otherworldly you're you're this space beetle and you're sliding down this slide at a million miles an hour and you have to turn and hit the buttons at just the right time when you cross over these pads or when you hit the turns, and you have to like jump in the air and then smash down on things. And the music isn't, you know, like Green Day. It's like this really dark, dark. Like, well, yeah. So drum and bass. It's yeah. Like, yeah it's, I
0: think uh, Alex Navarro described the the music soundtrack as.
2: Cardassian industrial metal. Yes. So That's good. That's good. Is, I uh, it, think that. And uh, I play this game and I, I just kind of lose myself. You know, it's kind of just, it's like you're mm. constantly rushing forward, so it's got that kind of zone out thing going forward anyway, but it's in VR. Uh it's not first person, like you're you're behind the beetle. And it's it's well it's worth playing. It's worth checking out. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Thumper is, is it, awesome.
1: It sounds a little like
2: horror-esque though. Does it bother you afterwards? Oh yeah. It's like you're just boom. It's, like, it's definitely, like, you're, you're into it, like, if you do badly. And, like, when you get to the boss, it's, like, this floating, gigantic, like, pol- low-poly snake and all these light things coming around. It's very hypnotic. It's weird. I don't know. I like oh. it. All right.
1: I'll check out Thumper. Thumper. It, 20 bucks on Oculus. Steve, anything you've been testing?
2: Uh,
0: well, I'm getting to know my touch controllers because uh, those came in. And then uh, over my trip, I brought my RX100 Mark III, uh, the Sony camera, and... I realized after about a week, I left it in my bag, and uh, or, and I just used my iPhone Seven. Oh um, wow.
1: Do you have the the Plus with the portrait mode? No,
0: I don't. I, I just have the regular Seven. But it was one of those things a, a combination of convenience and just everything else. Um, just I, I realized I don't I don't need this uh, the 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 point and shoot. So I just put it away, and my entire trip was all on all on my phone, which I thought was surprising. I was like, I want to get, you know, high quality images. I'm going to set up these shots. And then I realized that I could do the same or very similar things with my phone.
1: So, oh yeah. I just got back from India not too long ago and I had the opposite experience where I, like, uh-huh. I really wanted um, to have the, the camera. So, uh, I, and I, I, I don't know. I think it's like depending on the situation a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely am, out, like, I'm not interested in the large DS, DSLR oh, anymore. Yeah. I can't imagine carrying one of those on my phone. No, the so. pocketable mirrorless cameras still have I think, still have a use case for me. Mm.
2: Interesting, because I think th- that's what's going away. You think so? I think the po- yeah, the point and shoots is what's been replaced by the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, if you really want to get better than the phone, you've got to go full-frame, atta- detachable lens.
1: Well, yeah, but they have a lot of mirrorless cameras that are pocketable that do that.
2: Oh, so I mean, okay, yeah. if you're going
1: that's what i'm Fine. talking about okay
2: but, but like they're still bulky they're not pocketable they're closer
1: i mean they're not like the canon mark 4 which right. is like carrying Fine. an extra person with you <laughs> okay <laughs> fair enough and steve you also uh, brought back treats from i did japan i brought back which treats. we're gonna test
0: yes we're gonna test uh so these are maple bun kit kats uh Wait. What? Is, yeah. Those are a different shape too. They, well, yeah, they, they, it's like a, it's not broken in the, all the way <gasps> to the middle. Um, so in Hiroshima and Miyajima, they have a, a maple bun. Like every region of Japan has their own kind of food item that you're supposed to get. And so theirs is this maple bun. So that that's the the exclusive flavor they had. I also saw. Um, There's takoyaki, which is like a a fried octopus ball. No, Um, thank you. They had they had uh, takoyaki uh, Pringles at at the (laughs) store. So, (laughs) have you
1: made the the Pringles like? Pringles, oh the, the
0: ring! I have not made the ring. I gotta uh, make the Pringles ring. No, uh, let's see, and then we have um, Crystal salty pocky. You are a fan of pocky. I am a fan of pocky. Yes, um, and then Tokyo bananas, which are basically like uh, kind of like banana Twinkies. Uh, I've had
2: those. Yes, yeah. did you bring uh, those I back? I, those. I brought them the last yeah, time. Okay. They're,
0: they're kind of like the standard, like in the airport, you buy those and bring them out. Oh, so, got it.
1: Yeah. I've been sworn off pocky since I had the chocolate banana flavored pocky. And it just, it's the fake banana flavor. Oh, always yeah, yeah, it always yeah. does it
0: It's like that nerd's yeah, fake exactly. banana flavor. Yeah, Yeah, So anyway, yeah, brought some treats uh, and obviously a couple other things from uh, Tom Sachs exhibit in uh, Tokyo.
1: Yeah, uh, the Tom Sachs exhibit just closed here in San Francisco, and he had a concurrent one in Tokyo. Yeah, apparently. so
0: it wasn't a mission in Tokyo. It was just uh, some of the, the work that he has done, along with other, a lot of other artists. And like science fiction magazines from like 1920, which was shocking so
1: that's awesome yeah do we know what's coming up on tested this week i think you're right along the bolt the bolt right along coming up
2: yeah that's I, that's what i know about oh, we have um me and sean have a new show that may or may not debut on tested premium soon oh awesome yeah fantastic mm-hmm.
1: i may or may not be working on episode two with you yeah, that's right. <laughs> On that, I know uh, Simone's trip to the Megabots. I think went up either today or yesterday. When you're listening to this, which is uh, a great watch, watching a giant metal bot inspired by her chopping robot <laughs> wow. uh, 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 take shape. Yeah,
2: that was huge.
1: Uh, Norm will be back next week, as long as like uh, Disney deems it so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like, got
2: we got to talk about that. He, he gets back Wednesday, so. Well, we'll
1: Disney, uh, Norm will not be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to put up with us messing up a recording. Sorry for the fault in the middle. The fault was all mine. Uh, but thank you for joining us again. We will see you next week. Thank you so much to our guest, Steve Lin, this week. Thank you for having me. Again, where, where can they find you on Twitter?
0: Uh, Stephen P. Lin on Twitter. Very good.
1: And
2: stevelin.com.
1: And, of course, our co-host, as always, Jeremy.
2: Thanks, Kishore. You did a great job hosting today
1: i did i did a job of hosting uh you can follow uh me at science kish and jeremy at jareware uh and we'll see you next week
2: bye Do we have an outro by sir science sir science i'm into this as long as the internet's into this <laughs> <laughs> and Q sir outside. science come on Sir try science. a little refresh now let's switch to the outro
1: hi there i didn't see you.
2: that's it I will eat a hard-boiled egg. Is it? Hard-boiled um, egg. I hate eating hard-boiled eggs. That's, uh, that's it. That's how I feel about octopus balls. <laughs>